For the Athletic Podcast Network, this is The Update. I'm Adam Copeland. On today's show, we'll talk to Zach Buchanan, who covers minor league baseball for The Athletic, about the Eugene Emeralds. That's right, the Giants have a couple of former first-rounders up in Eugene, including Hunter Bishop and Patrick Bailey, who struggled mightily to start the 2022 campaign, but they're starting to right the ship. Also, some updates on guys like Marco Luciano, Casey Schmidt, the third baseman, who's playing much better baseball this year, and Kyle Harrison, the stud lefty out of De La Salle, who may not spend very much time in the minor leagues. All things we can talk about with Zach Buchanan, who joins me next. Today is Wednesday, May 25th. It's a pleasure to welcome to the podcast Zach Buchanan. He covers minor league baseball for The Athletic and has a great feature on a couple of Giants minor leaguers up in Eugene, Oregon, specifically Patrick Bailey and Hunter Bishop. Zach, thanks for joining us on the podcast, man. How are you today? I'm good. How are you? Doing pretty well. Uh, so, so how's the minor league beat been? And you, uh, you jumping all around to, uh, to uh, you know, I don't want to call them necessarily flyover state cities, but you're up in Eugene, Oregon, covering minor league baseball. How's the minor league circuit been? It's been all right. I was actually, I caught Eugene on the road in Spokane, but I've made the mistake. I've done two of these trips so far in picking places that aren't very warm <laughs> this time of year. Yeah. And Spokane was, it's a beautiful city. It, the weather was miserable, just like it has been in the Northwest League for much of the season, but like 40 degrees, rainy, windy, just not very pleasant. I need to, I need to like go to places in like Southern California and, and like the Texas League a little more often. Let's get you out to the California League out in Modesto and San Jose. It'll be nice and hot uh, all summer long. But that was kind of a theme uh, of your piece, sort of circled or, or centered around Patrick Bailey and Hunter Bishop. Before we get into this, I think Giants fans and, and maybe baseball fans in general are still kind of getting used to the new minor league model. Used to be that uh, high A was out in San Jose. They'd start partway through the year. You'd get the two ended seasons. That's why San Jose, I think, has so many championships. They were so good uh, for so many years uh, with the way they built this minor league system in San Francisco, and then they're retooling it now. As far as high A goes up in Eugene, Oregon, has there been an impact on the development of the players, you think, because of the pandemic? I know they're still trying to figure out where to place guys. You talk about the weather up there. It's not been an easy city to hit in. Uh, Just what's your make of the whole thing at this point? It was hard last year, I think, to place guys. I mean, you kind of saw that with Patrick Bailey. He started out, you know, his first minor league assignment was in high A. He struggled. He hurt his back. He went back to Arizona, reworked his swing. And then when they sent him back out again, he was in low A, where he hit much better the rest of the way. But he was a little little bit older than the average competition there. So, I mean, it, it was a bit of a guessing game just because you didn't have those immediate results after these guys get drafted to kind of figure out where they should be. The other challenge in the Northwest League, which is now the high A League, it's been a challenge for every team, is the weather. That This is a used to be a short season league that started after the draft. Um, when the weather in the Pacific Northwest is really beautiful. And through a month and a half of this season, it's been pretty miserable up there. I, I did the math and the Eugene Emeralds have played 34 games and the average temperature at first pitch was 56 degrees. And of course, it only gets colder from there. It's been rainy a lot. They've been rained out, I think, six times already. They've had to play a number of doubleheaders. On top of that, they have to share their facility with the Oregon Ducks. And so they're, you know, they're battling for cage time. Their their games at night don't start till 730. So Oregon can finish up what they've got going on. So it's it's probably not an ideal scenario. But I did talk to their hitting coach, Corey Elastic, and he kind of positioned this as, you know, this is going to be a learning experience for them. You know, the weather's not always great in the big leagues. Certainly in in San Francisco, if they get up to the big leagues there, it can often be a little chilly at night. And so this is just something they have to learn to contend with. 
So Pat Bailey, a former 13th overall pick. Hunter Bishop, a former number 10 overall pick. And I know Giants fans are paying attention to this specifically because Farhan Zaidi comes in. He makes these picks. You want to see which draft picks he's picked that are going to end up as, uh, as key pieces for this organization. The hope is that when you draft a first-rounder, especially in today's baseball, he can get here sooner rather than later. As far as offense goes up in that league, uh, is, it, is it down in general? Both of these guys were hitting under 200 when you got up there. What are the common struggles in that league? And is this something that is uh, is sort of part of the learning curve, or are they sort of below that Mendoza line because of some struggles they've had personally? I think it's a mix of both. The, the offense in the league is down. If you look at Eugene's roster, the offensive numbers throughout the roster, aside from Casey Schmidt and Marco Luciano, everybody's pretty much struggling. But if you also look at the, the offense for the league, Eugene's team offense is like second best in the league, and they've got like a 717 team OPS. I mean, it's down and I, I would imagine a lot of that has to do with the weather. But there are there are some things that that Bailey and Bishop have been working on. I and mean, Bishop's had a rough go of it, right? Like drafted 10th overall in 2020. He catches COVID right as the alternate site stuff is happening. So he misses a good amount of development there. He played only 16 games last year because of uh he blew out his shoulder, although he came back in the fall league and performed all right. But he really just hasn't had much time as a professional baseball player. And he seems aware of it and kind of at peace with it. He, he said something that I found interesting. He said, look, I don't need to be a big leaguer tomorrow. You know, I'm here to develop and eventually become that player the Giants want me to be. And so I think he's kind of learned to not expect to get it all back at once. There's a lot of stuff he's missed out on that he's had to play some catch up on. Now, he had a really good series when I was up there uh, yeah, after talking with Pat Burrell one day, who was the roving hitting instructor for the Giants. He started staying back on balls, being ready for the fastball, and he started peppering line drives all over the field and hit some pretty impressive doubles to the, the gaps in left and right center. And so maybe he's coming around. And then Patrick Bailey, you know, he dealt with the injury too. He worked a little bit of his swing. He's working on getting his contact point out front and trying to hit the ball in the air a little more. And he hit a, a really impressive home run. One of those games is actually a, a brutal, windy, gross night. Uh, I would imagine it'd been hard to hit anything. He parked it way over the fence and right field batting as a, a left-hander. And of course he's a switch hitter. He's a catcher. I mean, the load there that he has to manage work workload wise is, is pretty heavy. He's got to maintain two swings. He's got to work on his defense. There's a lot going on, but they're both working on things. You know, it's, they don't chalk it all up to just so the environment here is crappy. They're trying to get better. And there, there are some obvious areas of needed improvement. Did you get an opportunity to, uh, to see Kyle Harrison at all up in Eugene? I did get to see him. Yeah. Uh, I mean, he's impressive. I don't think he's going to be in that league very long, but uh, it's kind of, I might have a story that touches on this coming out at some point next week, but the giants, I mean, if you look at like the strikeout leaderboards from last year and even this year, there's a lot of giants guys on it, including a lot of guys who are on that, that San Jose roster last year and now in Eugene. And so I don't know if it's something the giants are doing or just drafting the right guys, but I mean, there's a lot of guys that miss bats. It's pretty impressive, but Harrison is clearly the best of the bunch. Circling back to Patrick Bailey, you mentioned the workload he's got as a switch hitter and as a catcher. I mentioned before that the trajectory now for stud minor leaguers seems to be they get here a lot faster than they used to. If you're a pitcher and you can get outs, uh, you can shoot your way through the minor leagues, even on raw talent, even if you've got to sort of hone some skills and they send you back down. For a catcher, it always seemed to me like it took them longer to get here because you've got to learn how to call the game. You mentioned the defense for Pat Bailey. If your bat's working, that's all great, but if you're not catching a good major league game, that's something that can hurt a team. Where is he on the catching side of things right now? Right now, is the focus bent on defense and does the trajectory for a guy like that take a little longer because of the position? I do think it takes longer for most catchers. Yeah, they say it's especially true of high school catchers. Maybe college catchers are a little different. And I think Patrick Bailey is actually one of the few catchers maybe called his own games at NC State. 
if you look at what the Giants pitchers are doing, you know, it's pretty good. So maybe you have to give some credit to Patrick Bailey. It, scouts do have some, I guess, concern over his motor. There was just some lackadaisical plays behind the plate. He was late chasing down a wild pitch that allowed the opposing catcher actually was that it was ball four and he was able to get to second on the wild pitch from home plate. He made a rush throw that, uh, that actually cost them a game up there on a bunt, just trying to fling it to, to first base and went wild and it was a walk-off error. There's just some stuff like that where it's just, you'd like to see a little more urgency out of him. You know, I don't think that's like a deal breaker that he, oh, he's going to be a terrible catcher. I, I mean, that stuff can be ironed out with good instruction. That's just effort stuff. It's not like ability stuff, you know? So there is some of that going on, but also, you know, the Giants, that team pitches really well. And so you have to give him some credit for his receiving and his game calling. Did you have an opportunity to talk to Pat Burrell, the roving instructor up there? I didn't. I, I tried. And Pat said that it's team policy that the roving instructors don't talk to the media. So <laughs> that, might, that might be a Pat policy, not necessarily a team It's entirely policy. possible. <laughs> I, I mean, I have no idea if that's really the case. It's on the table. So, so in your piece, you did write about Pat Burrell and his instruction with them. What was his key focus? And when the roving instructors go around like that, like I remember looking at, uh, at Darren Lewis years ago, he was a roving base running instructor for the Giants. And they keep former players around the organization close anyway. They're always up in, uh, in Scottsdale when spring training comes around. I imagine other teams do this too but what's the focus of the goal because you don't want too many cooks in the kitchen you don't want too many guys telling one hitter different things and different things to focus on you want him to be able to focus and, uh, and do his job when he's up there at the plate what what's his job and what's his gig with these guys right now I was just kind of sitting as a you know a fly on the wall over by the visiting dugout as he was talking to some of these guys and it was, it was just fascinating to watch but what he was preaching was like pretty simple you know he, he wasn't trying to overcomplicate things with these guys are saying you need to change your mechanics this way or make this kind of move. It was funny. He was just tugging, holding guys by the, the back of the sweatshirt, telling them to get in their swing and just kind of getting them to feel what it feels like to stay back on their back leg and not lunge at the ball when something's restricting them from lunging at the ball, which is just like a good principle of hitting. Don't lunge at the ball because your head's going to move. You're speeding the ball up. You're going to miss it more often. Right. And when you hit it, you're not going to do what you want with it. And so he's just trying to like preach these concepts. And he's, he was sharing some stories from his playing days and some teammates. And uh, one of the things that stuck with, with Hunter Bishop that uh, he kind of repeated to me later was he's saying, look, if you're sitting fastball for every single one of your 500 plate appearances, you're probably going to do pretty well in those 500 plate appearances because you're probably going to get a fastball at some point. And if you're ready for it, you're going to hit it. And then right after that, you know, he had that bit of instruction from Pat Burrell, Hunter Bishop goes up in his first plate appearance, sits fastball and smokes it to center field. And so it's, it's just really basic stuff. And I just think it's when it's, when it's from someone like Pat Burrell, it's not someone you're hearing the same thing from every day. Maybe it carries a little bit more weight and it wakes something up in these guys. Yeah, Pat Burrell, a pretty good fastball hitter himself in his own day, so uh, probably a good strategy to have. It's so funny with the way baseball goes and the way it's evolved over the last couple of years where uh, we've so, got so much different terminology, there's so much different preparation that goes into each one of these games, but the old fastball adjust, that mantra, still just kind of sticks around. Sit fastball and then adjust. Exactly, yeah. You don't want to do it the other way because then you'll be late, right? And you don't want to go up there guessing, okay, I think I'm going to get this and this count and that and that count. So, you know, it's just the basics. It's the funny thing about hitting is it's at the same time so, so simple and yet so complicated, especially as a young hitter, you can have a tendency to make it really complicated when it doesn't need to be. 
Yeah, you want to simplify it, get from point A to point B as quick as possible. Um, last one here for you, Zach, before we let you go, just because you mentioned him, Marco Luciano, man. Giants fans are excited about him, waiting for him to get here. Still kind of frustrating, I think, to fans that he's only in high A, but they're taking their time with him. He could be the cornerstone piece of the franchise for years to come. What did you see from him, and, uh, and, and was anything impressive? Did anything jump out at you? Yeah, it was really impressive. What was most impressive was that everything he hit, was just tattooed. I mean, he hit everything hard. There, you know, there was a stretch where he hit a home run in three straight games. All of them were murdered. But, you know, even his doubles and singles and ground balls, they're just all hit so hard. I mean, I wish I had exit velocity data for that kind of thing. It's a shame that stuff's not public for those of us who would like to see it. But yeah, and he looked fine at shortstop. I'm not sure I saw any plays where it was like, wow, you know, what a glove or something. But it certainly nothing that said like, oh, he's going to, he's not going to stick there. But what I do think is true is I don't think they'll be seeing him in Eugene much longer. I have no inside information on that, but if he ke- keeps performing the way he does, he's going to need to be challenged. And that's the type of guy that you want to speed up and challenge and get into more adverse environments to see how he does. Yeah, and he's been a pro since he was so young. So uh, his experience in the minors is a little bit different than some of these other guys who jump from college. So, hey, Zach, great stuff, man. Fun piece to read. And uh, we'll keep reading you and following you. Anytime you get Giants minor league stuff, we'll try to get you back on, man. Thanks so much. All right. Thanks for having me. Great stuff from Zach Buchanan. Make sure you're reading him and following him. And following our interview with Zach, found out Kyle Harrison, the stud lefty for the Giants, was promoted to double-A Richmond. So he's a Richmond flying squirrel. So as uh, as Zach said there, you probably won't see him in Eugene much longer. That was it. He won't be in Eugene any longer. We're waiting for that call-up from Marco Luciano as well. Thank you to Zach Buchanan. Thank you to Brian Smith, my producer. Thank you to you, the listener. If you're enjoying the podcast, please rate, review, and subscribe to us wherever it is you're listening. 49ers have opened OTAs, the Warriors, and their run towards the NBA Finals. We can continue to talk about that. And the Giants hit the road again into Cincinnati for Memorial Day weekend and then out to Philadelphia, which is where they'll play to begin next week. All stuff we can talk about in the days and weeks ahead until Friday. Enjoy the week. We'll talk to you then. 